Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Brain Stuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Voting is the ultimate popularity contest. In the United States, voters have the opportunity at least every two years to cast ballots in federal elections, either filling seats in the U.S. House of Representatives, the U.S. Senate, or the White House. But operating nonstop between those elections is a political prognostication machine designed to predict the next batch of winners. There are at least a dozen major polling organizations who quiz Americans on a daily basis about their approval or disapproval of current officials, their opinion on the latest hot-button political issues, and whether or not the nation is on track or off the rails. There's a lot at stake in these polls. Political donors use them to decide which candidates and political issues to bankroll, and savvy congressional representatives consult them to calculate the political risk of backing or splitting with the White House on its legislative agenda. But the polling number that grabs the most headlines is the president's job approval rating. 
For example, back in March, President Donald Trump tweeted about being proud of having, according to Rasmussen reports, a job approval rating of around 50%, even though Rasmussen's approval numbers on that particular day were only 44%. The reason the president was tweeting in March about his rounded-up approval ratings and the reason that Democratic political pundits rushed to correct him is that job approval ratings are about more than just stoking or bashing the president's ego. They are perhaps the best single predictor of who will win the 2018 midterm elections in November. Midterm elections happen exactly two years after each presidential election and almost always pose a serious challenge for the party in the White House— The president's political party has lost seats in the House of Representatives in all but two midterm elections since World War II. The exceptions were Bill Clinton in 1998 and George W. Bush in 2002. What's interesting is that the severity of the midterm losses appears to be directly related to the popularity of the president. Gallup reported in 2010 that when post-war presidents had approval ratings of 50% or above at the time of a midterm election, their party only lost an average of 14 seats in the House. But if they had an approval rating of 49% or lower, the average loss was 36 seats. Using more recent data from 1970 to 2014, Bloomberg put the average loss at just 33 seats for presidents with approval ratings under 50%. But either way you slice it, that's significant. There have been some exceptions, however. Ronald Reagan had an approval rating of 63% in 1986, and his party still lost five seats in the midterms. And on the other side of the aisle, John F. Kennedy had a 61% approval rating in 1962 and still lost four seats. The connection between presidential job approval and midterm elections is particularly strong during the first midterm election after a new president takes the White House. Pundits see those first midterms largely as a referendum on the president's job performance. That's why Democrats made such a big deal about the March 13th special election in Pennsylvania, where their candidate won by the slimmest of margins in a region that went heavily Republican in 2016. They point to it as a sign that Trump's poor job performance and low approval ratings will lead to a blue wave of Democratic victories later in 2018. But what about presidential elections? Does an incumbent's job approval rating make or break his chances of winning re-election? The short answer, yes. Since World War II, not a single incumbent presidential candidate has won re-election with a job approval rating below 50%. Barack Obama almost became the exception in 2012, with an approval rating in the mid-40s a few months before Election Day, though by November it had cleared the hurdle at 51%. But does that mean that if Trump's approval rating continues to languish below 50% over the next two years, that he will definitely lose the re-election in 2020? Absolutely not. Many things about the Trump presidency defy precedent. For example, Trump was elected in 2016 despite being the least-liked major party presidential candidate of all time. His unfavorability rating on election day was a whopping 61%. However, his primary opponent, Hillary Clinton, had the second-highest unfavorability rating in history at 51%. Further complicating matters is that not every job approval poll comes up with the same numbers. That's because each polling organization uses a slightly different methodology. Some pollsters, like Gallup, call up a representative sample of Americans over the age of 18 and simply ask them if they approve or disapprove of the president's job performance— In Trump's case, those polls result in lower approval and higher disapproval numbers. But Rasmussen reports only counts answers from likely voters, or people who say that they're likely to vote in the next election. Rasmussen is also the only company polling people on a daily basis. 
and they give respondents four options. Strongly approve, somewhat approve, somewhat disapprove, and strongly disapprove. In Trump's case, the inclusion of somewhat approve seems to be enough to lift his Rasmussen approval numbers as many as 10 points higher than other major national pollsters. Today's episode was written by Dave Ruse and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other popular topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across, uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work.